1: On this episode of the Family Business Voice, we speak with Sofia Bordone, owner and CEO of Legacy Publishing House, Editoriale Domus. Sofia works closely with her mother, Giovanna, to bring her grandfather's business to new heights in the face of a heavily disrupted publishing industry. We talk to her about the mindset required to enable innovation, as well as Editoriale Domus' celebrated history, her experience as a woman in publishing, and how she maintains influence in the age of social media. Enjoy this episode with Sofia. When did you realize that you were part of this legacy of uh, Editoriale Domus?
0: So, uh, you know, at home, I never heard my mother or two adults talking about, you know, the the work which was the day so when i was very young i knew that there was something that had to do with family business but I knew not so much because obviously my mother was not talking about work or something like this with us. And so um, I always heard about it because, you know, uh, being uh, inside a family company, it means uh, having, I, I always saw, you know, on the table our magazines uh, and I even remember when we were, we were very young, we went, you know, to the kiosks and my mother said, okay, these are, are our magazines. So I always took our magazines and I was putting them in front of the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know because this was something that we were doing but uh, you know the, the really the very deep uh, understanding of uh, what it may, means uh, yeah I was a little bit uh, you know older because I never heard talking about this uh, you know in the house in the ho- at home and so I couldn't understand very well what was um, a family business really in reality
1: yeah a feeling of responsibility when did that set in for you where you felt like that you might be actually responsible for this legacy and for this business at some point did that trigger you at some point or did that come at a different time or around the same time
0: so my mother she always said when we were young younger that uh, yeah we had this company but we could choose whatever we wanted in the life. So uh, my mother, we are two sisters, me and my sister, uh, almost two years of difference. And my sister decided to do something completely different because she's a professional horse rider. She went to three Olympic games. So she decided to do something completely different. And my mother, she always told me the same thing. At what point she even said, look, It's not easy, even because you are a woman. So if in the future we will have a family, you must put everything together. So please feel free to do whatever you want to do. But for me, there was something inside who said, okay, family business, it's really a it's something important because you do even the culture of uh, of Italy, doing what I mean, even my grandfather did. So at the very beginning, I said, "Okay, I have to see, I have to understand if it's something for me or not." Uh, when I was at university, I would say, and so I started to to do more questions to my mother because I wanted to understand a little bit more what was route. And then when I graduated, I said, "Okay, I want to to try and to see if it's something that." Could be interesting for me or not, and so I started to work in the family company. And then I said, "Okay, I like it. <laughs> I love the responsibility that I have. My character—I like, you know, to decide. I'm someone who uh, I listen a lot to what the people with whom I work say. But I even because I need, you know, to have all the tools to understand which is the right decision that I think to take." But I love the responsibility that that they have, and I love the fact that I'm the one who, at the end, chooses what to do. And so um, there are some plus and some minus. But uh, when I went to, when I started to work, I realized that I wanted to go deeper inside to understand more. And so at the end, I decided to to be in the in the company. So over all this time, your country has changed so much. I mean, Italy
1: has transformed many, many times over, over the last hundred years. What were the pivotal moments in the past? Like when you joined, did you look back and see like, okay, these were very strategic moments where we took decisions that really define also what we look like today? Do you have two or three moments in the history where you're like, if we hadn't taken that turn, things would have turned out very differently? Do you have any of those present
0: in your mind? Our name is Editoriale Domus, okay? Because the first publication that uh, we had was Domus. But uh, nowadays, we are absolutely even not uh, only a media company. We are something completely different. So I can say that the big pillars that changed you know, the, the way and the history of the, of the company are, I could say, three or four. So the first one... Still, when my grandfather was, uh, was in the company, we passed from uh, um, publication which were uh, with a very large uh, print, so many copies uh, printed, like for example, uh, and weekly publication like uh, uh, Il Mondo, Settimo Giorno, uh, L'Europeo. If you think that my grandfather he launched a magazine who was called L'Europeo after the World War he was really you know looking forward and knowing what was happening so we had these publications and we and we, we turned to um, publications who were very you know vertical on specific industries architecture and design with Domus, Quattro which is the pillar of all our mobility uh, magazines and then we have Cucchiada Gento which is the silver spoon about cooking and Meridiani Meridiani Montali on the travel. So, this was absolutely one of the pillars. The second one was uh, uh, becoming from a company who was doing paper to a company who was producing contents. Okay. So, we switched uh, by being, uh, you know, the content was really the the focus of what we were doing. So, it means uh, doing content for the different platforms. So for the websites, uh, for the socials, for the events. Uh, so this was another very important pillar. And I would say the third one was from doing content, going through the brand. So now the brand is the focus where we work and um, so we did. Um, we produce this system of information and of content. For example, if we think about quattro ruote, because we are in these four, as I said, uh, sectors. Uh, yes, but the mobility is uh, the largest one, where we have uh, the the biggest business nowadays. So we have all the part of the. We can say. Um, the industry of the the content but we have uh, um, data banks who produce in the car market and in the motorbike market we produce the price of the cars in the future and so we do we do data banks and we even do softwares that we sell to the b2b market So, and this is something that has nothing to do with the the publishing company, but it's a branch of the company who is growing really very, very fast. We are even, you know, in the last years, we bought some company or other companies, small companies in this sector. So it's something I would say completely different. You
1: had a website for Quattro Ruote in 1996. That seems to be a train that a lot of publishers missed. And that a lot of publishers, even after the, in the early 2000s, refused to accept the internet as a reality. Can you tell us a little bit more about like, you know, how your, your mother maybe sort of like why she understood that maybe before others did, do you have any
0: idea? Was that a stroke of luck or were you all very aware of what you were doing there? Many times we tried to do something that we thought you know could be the the future sometimes we failed even because as you know you know the strategy is very important but it's even more important when you put the strategy to become real so if you become too early in a market it's not so good. So as you can imagine at the beginning with the website, we were absolutely not earning because, you know, the website at the very beginning, you needed uh, advertising and it was too early for the companies to understand and to do advertising on a website. And uh, thinking to sell content it was absolutely impossible even nowadays in Italy it's very difficult to sell content on the website so I could say uh, we many times as I said before we tried to do something you know new and so it was I think uh, a mix of many things you know uh, for sure even being lucky, yes. Even trying to understand this, this new media was becoming real. So we said, okay, we have to be there. Okay. Even we did the same thing, even we have been one of the first publisher in Italy who did the, the digital version of the magazine. We have been perhaps the first one. We've got ruote always. And we said, okay, we must be there. Then we will understand how we will, earn, we will earn money by doing this.
1: How do you manage this reputation pressure, this reputation game in the day and age of social media and all of these platforms that basically have given your reader sometimes a louder voice than your own publication? So how have you guys sort of like adapted to that era where you have so much more so many more voices
0: giving you feedback on what you do like how do you manage that I'm a positive person so I think that this way all the changes can be an opportunity to my point of view you know Uh, thinking that a business can be the same one for 90 years it's impossible so you just have to understand what is happening and trying to take you know the positive things of which is which is happening. On the other point of view, the negative voice, I think that if you keep and you feel always and you are always very focused on your values and the way you do your publishing, you know, the way you publish, so um, the philosophy in which you produce content in the different media, it's the same one. The language is different, obviously, the way you write, it's different, but, you know, the focus and what you are, it's always the same and very, you know, focused. It's the market, it's the new world, and we have to get uh, you know, even uh, to know and live even with this new way of uh, saying, writing the content.
1: Sophia, do you think that do you feel like being a family business constitutes a competitive advantage for you in some shapes or forms? Do you do you think about that actively at all or do you talk about it with the family at all?
0: I think that being a family business has even great plus because, okay, I'm the CEO of the company but I'm even one of the owner. So sometimes when you have to, uh, I mean, sit in, at some tables, the fact that you are even, you know, one of the owner gives you, you know, the power to be much more effective. And another thing is that uh, even, you know, the process of uh, taking decisions, it's much, much more quick because uh, in the company, there is my mother, she's the president and me. That's it. So, but tell
1: me, Sofia, what was it like when you started working with your mother initially? Like, do you feel like your relationship with her has changed since you have been both working in the company together? Or did you discover things about her that you didn't know, sides to her character, that were unfamiliar to you when you started working together every day? I have a
0: very, very good relationship with her. Really very, very good. And obviously we have, uh, we are two different generations. And uh, we have absolutely the same values by, you know, doing our business. Uh, we, have, we have a very different leadership in the way we, we you know, we work because, yeah, we have we are two different generations. So, so at the very beginning, it was perhaps easier because I saw her, I was very young. And so she was, you know, the president and the CEO of the company. So I started really by doing the things uh, by listening a lot after many years that I am in the company because it's 15 years uh, you know nowadays I'm uh, I think uh, I have uh, all the tools you know <laughs> to to keep and to have my my ideas and to take my decisions so at the very beginning I think it was easier now we are two women uh, even from a characteristic who are who like to decide <laughs> Who like to have their uh, responsibilities? So sometimes it's just that we don't think it in really in the exactly same way. So um, probably, absolutely, uh, working with somebody, you you find even uh, ways of the character which are which are different, for sure. Uh, our uh, relationship it's always the same. It's always very. Very positive, I must say. And what's your advice to
1: women coming into those kinds of roles and capacities uh, for the first time? Like, what, do, what would, how would you guide them to to make sure that their impact is felt in a positive
0: way? In the company, all our employees were used to have uh, the boss was a woman, so it was absolutely easy. Outside, a little bit the same because all the people uh, who had to do with our company, they knew you know, that uh, the president, the CEO was a woman. So for me, in my sector, it was not so difficult, I must say. I think that uh, the right way, the right, the way I, I think I always used to, to act in this uh, for, for being a woman is just to be myself. So uh, I think that uh, uh, you can't think and act like a man could do it because it's not the right way. You must be yourself with your positivity, with your negativity. If you are a woman with children, you have children. And so if you have to go home because you have to go home, you go home because you have the children at home. And this is even part of your life. So being yourself is the best way. I think that um, in nature, women and men, are the two kind of, you know, people who together can have children and make that our, you know, the the human being can keep on being on the planet. So we are different. And I think that being different, it's the biggest quality you can have. And so women and men working together, it's the biggest and the most, you know, power you can have in a company. Where do you go for advice,
1: Sophia? Like, you know, when you need advice, who do you turn to? Do you turn to the, the memory of your grandfather and how he used to do it? Do you go to your mother? Do you go to people outside? Like what, where do you get your uh, input when when things get difficult and you don't know what to do?
0: First of all, I think that the z- must even uh, sometimes... Uh, it's right even that you have an idea, but you wait a little bit because the decision you, you know have has to get in the mind and you must be sure. I mean, it's impossible to be sure, but to, to think that can be, could be the right one. I think that nowadays it's even important to take decision because it's more critical to do nothing than to do something. Nowadays you have to do. To whom? Yeah, obviously, I talk to my mother, yes. I talk to the managers in the company, um, two or three people that I think that they can, could give me their opinion. And even sometimes to friends outside the company who even have a family business or who I think that they are good managers. And so, and then I think about what to do, and then at the end, I decide what to do. And even I I hope that it's the right decision. But I think that nowadays, you have to act absolutely because the world is changing, and in this COVID, the change changes so quickly that in a moment that you put down a strategy, the market is already thinking about something else. So, you must be very quick. Uh, because when something gets real, you are always you are over. You must think about what it will be in the future. So, it's just important to talk to many people. But it... any particular
1: big wishes that you have for the for the future? Do you have like this big idea in your head that this is going to remain a family business forever, for instance, or do you have any other uh, larger ambitions that you want to fulfill within your career time with the company?
0: I'm always very open-minded, even when, for example, someone who, who just said, I wouldn't be interested, we would like to buy you. I always talk to everybody, even only because if they just want are interested to buy you, would be interested to buy you they give you so many informations you know <laughs> even if you're not interested <laughs> by paying nothing <laughs> that they say okay i would i would like to listen to you <laughs> now i think that you just be must be very open-minded i would say in my mind i would be very happy if this could continue to be a family company then you know you must even see what happens uh, and uh, how is the world evolving? Uh, but we, because, you know, you can have a wish, but you must be even, you know, focused on reality. So I would say, yes, all, family business forever, but we will always open-minded even to see what could be when they happen. But in, in this moment, yes, family business, that's it.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Sophia, for joining us in this interview today. Thank you. Thank you, Ramya.
0: Thank you for the questions and everything.
1: Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.